Welcome back to another episode of Lonely Town, a Killers podcast with Derek and Jimmy. Today we are on our final song from Pressure Machine Deluxe version. It is West Hills 3. We've kind of already done an episode on this one because we inter- we lucked out and we were very fortunate and happy to have had three members of the choir from this song on an earlier interview. But today we're going to talk about the, the song, this version, and our perspective on it. We also talked about it with uh, Chappie a little bit um, when it first came yeah. out. So we've, we've kind of danced around and uh, we've kind of held back our thoughts somewhat on it so that we can do a whole episode about it. And uh, lucky for you, here it is. Yeah, as far as lyrics go, this one, I guess the subtitle would be Kolob because that's the, the song that it's sung to. And uh, if you could hide a Kolob. The lyrics that have been posted online um, say, I was born right here in Zion and the messianic God's own son which is different than the other two versions, uh, focusing on the Christ as the Messiah. But uh, the other lyric change is at the end when it says, if there really is a judgment, normally uh, the other versions it says, when he pulls my chart. This version it says, when the Savior pulls my chart. So it's it's more specific about admitting that if, if this religion thing is real, if Christianity is real, then it's, it's the Savior who's going to be pulling his chart at the judgment. Um, no, it's definitely a deeper, uh, it's a deeper dive. Uh, what was your, so so we both read, or we knew it was coming, or heard about it uh, previous to the release, uh, probably not way previous, but we knew there was a version that was going to be the music of If You Could Hide a Kolob, this uh, version coming out. When you first heard about that, uh, what, what was your first kind of reaction? Well, first I was surprised and really curious how they were going to do that. What ended up coming out did not meet my expectations, and it sounds like not even of the choir who sang on it, because Brandon was there singing with him, and he didn't make it on the final track, and I guess that's probably what I pictured was just Brandon singing it rather than a choir. I never never would have guessed that in a million years, that it was going to sound like a ward choir singing. If you could hide a collab with the West Hills lyrics, what did you picture? So I was kind of floored by it. First, I went into, like, is this sacrilegious? Is this something that you can do? Is this something you should do? With Brandon and the church, I think it came across a little bit with the choir. There's always kind of this underline, especially where, you know, when we knew him um, or went to school with him or, or whatever, when we were around him. When we were young. When we were young and we were around Brandon, uh, it was just the culture. I don't know. I didn't have really any interactions with him uh, as far as church activities or anything goes that I can recall at all. But... When they first kind of started to make it as a band, Brandon would be out, you know, uh, more, I don't know. I don't know how I knew this, unless it came across in articles or whatever, or if it was just uh, people talking. But it was like, oh, Brandon's, you know, more, he's drinking now, or he smokes, or... So there was kind of this of like, oh, maybe he's he's leaving the church, or he's not following the church. Uh, but then whenever he was interviewed, uh, it was kind of interesting, because a lot of people that were members of the church and would get famous or whatever would say, oh, yeah, I grew up that way. I like how, you know, it is growing up that way, but uh, I'd like my kids to be raised that way, but it's not for me anymore. Or, you know, I went my own path or, or whatever, you know, they say. But there's there's a handful of examples. If you go and Google, like, probably just famous Mormons or something like that would be the quick one if you want to do a deep dive uh, to do some research of seeing all these famous people. Like who, Derek? Um, well, I knew you'd say that, so I was trying to just make it uh, just vague enough to get away with it. But uh, what was uh, Catherine Hagel? Is that her name? She uh, she was raised LDS, I believe, and there's 
articles up. Why do I know this? There's articles about that. Julianne Huff and Derek Huff, Dancing with the Stars. Aaron um, Eckhart. Aaron Eckhart. But anyways, there's a handful out there. Donnie Osmond. Jewel. Don, <laughs> Don, Donnie Osmond really has uh, abandoned the faith. No, I, I don't know. There's, but there's a handful of uh, just a pro- wanted to name drop a couple. prominent prominent uh, people that Paul Paul Walker I believe uh, Fast and Furious, but a lot of them will reference back that they uh, who's the guy doing under the banner Sir Mix a Lot. No, not Sir <laughs> Mix a Lot. He would let us talk for days though. Anyway, these these things would come up, and Brandon never denied that he was that he was Mormon. They grew up that way, and he never said that used to be my lifestyle. Even when he was like out doing the partying and drinking, he's pretty famous for saying, "I still go to church." Or, uh, you know, when he started dating his wife and stuff, uh, he he's went on record a lot of times of saying uh, she converted to the the church, but not because of me. I wasn't living the lifestyle or whatever. She converted out of her own um, belief system or, or whatever she learned or whatever. Uh, but then, uh, at some point, you know, uh, probably when you start having kids, that seems to be when people come back or, or have a life realization, or maybe, you know, you start getting fame and, and you have to put yourself in check or, or try to realize what's really important in life or, or whatever. He has some sort of a, a come to Jesus, as we'll say, for this episode. <laughs> and, uh, he comes back to the, to, I don't know if he comes back, but he's a lot more, he's in the, I'm a Mormon ad campaign that the church put out and. Uh, we've heard him interviewed many times where they'll say, "Yeah, you grew up that way," or, or whatever, and he's never shied back uh, from saying, uh, "I am, I'm, I'm LDS. I go to church when I'm not touring. You'll, you'll see me there." Um, so he's in a documentary that's going to be coming out soon. <laughs> you may have heard about it. And so when you get this song coming out, that's this major inside term, like in the church, if you can hide a collab, is really, I mean, kind of a deep doctrinal song. And you're going to lace it with, uh, you know, this story about a guy that's going to go to prison, uh, kill himself, and uh, doing a lot of heroin along the way, or, you know, popping opioids. It seemed like a real big contradiction. And so that was my first thought is like, oh, is this going to be problematic? Is this going to be, is it made to make people in the church get upset? Is it made to, uh, what's the what's the point of doing this? Even, I mean, even the last couple of weeks, people... It's kind of I'm I'm already derailed, but uh, people came up to me and said you're doing the podcast or whatever. I'm like, yeah, I do the podcast, and they. I mean, I've had people ask me like, well, hasn't Brandon left the church, or what do you think about that? And I'm like, well, no. Like as far as I know, I don't know. I don't know personally. It's not like we're hanging out or, or texting or anything. But as far as I know, and from last conversations I've heard him have, I've, I've never heard him say anything like, and I'm done with the church and I'm leaving or anything. I know online. People seem to almost be infatuated by it a little bit too. Of like, how's he this good Mormon guy, but yet puts out these rock songs? I don't know. It seems to be something that always comes to the forefront. So I think uh, not only to address, hey, this is Nephi. This is what Nephi sounds like. This is what War Choir sounds like. He kind of brings it head on. Of I can do rock and roll music. I can sing about heroin if I want, and I can and I can sing church music and I can put it to church music, and it's all going to work together. So I think. In a way, it's just showing you Brandon's uh, life and how it all fits together to him. It all fits together. Whether or not we like it or it makes sense to us or whatever, doesn't really matter. Uh, the song's like a look into his mind a little bit of, hey, this is this is where I grew up and this is how it sounded to me. You know, one way to look at it is that it's a contradiction. The other would be just that it just provides a stark contrast between the two. You know, and I think there are other hymns that talk about, you know, being a lost soul that's been come back, you know, or being a wanderer, 
things like that. So it's interesting to, to combine them in a song like this where normally you, I never would have put these two songs together. No, I think uh, traditionally uh, Amazing Grace is one that a lot of people will sing or hear, and that's not really, uh, for whatever reason, it's not really in the Mormon culture of a song that's sang, but it's the whole I was a wretch and that was found. And uh, I mean, it's not uncommon to hear that at like a Grand Ole Opry type thing or a country type concert. So I don't think the concept of, of uh, putting religious music in with uh, a more popular music is, I mean, it's not that odd of a concept. It's just never really been done with the killers uh, directly. And it's really never been done in the pop culture as far as with uh, Mormon music, really. There's, there's kind of the boy bands or the kind of the church type produce bands that you can go buy at church bookstores and stuff that might be a little more, you know, uh, playing the guitar or singing hymns or, or that kind of thing. But um, as far as, like, out there in the, uh, for all the world to hear, the people are buying the albums. I think this is about the first time we've ever had anything like that that I can think of. Well, Derek, I remember you, you've never been a fan of Christian rock, have you? <laughs> you always uh, seen it kind of as a, I, as a contradiction? Well, I, I, I was a stupid kid at one point. I think I've since uh, changed my opinion. At some point in my uh, in my life, I had this idea that uh, Christian rock was kind of a oxymoron, and you couldn't be both. You either were into heavy metal and rock, and it was like you know, shout at the devil, and like it's all about uh, sex, drugs, and rock and roll, or you were into Christianity or Christian music, which was like praise Jesus, uh, save us from our sins, uh, we'll be there on Sunday morning. Uh, worshiping at the altar, and I thought those two worlds could never mix. And I was probably quite passionate about it at the time. Uh, since I've probably grown up and and uh, realized that you know there's a lot of gray in the world. I, I like black and white. You know, it's this or it's that. Uh, but that's not always the case. So uh, probably one point in my life I thought that, but now I'd have to say there's a whole lot of gray, and I'm more than happy if you want to sing Christian rock, and that brings you closer to comfort or gives you a good feeling or. Or even if you just like it and have no uh, religion whatsoever in your life and that's what you like to listen to, that's fine. And if you're into heavy metal and uh, you're listening to, you know, 666, Number of the Beast, Iron Maiden and stuff, and you want to go to church on Sunday, that's just what you listen to and that's what you like, I'm uh, I'm all for it. Whatever whatever uh, gets you through life. I, I probably at one point didn't have that same opinion, but now I've, I've, I've flip-flopped quite a bit on that. What about you? You think that the two can mix? Well, I think one example is imploding the mirage. I think that's a good mix. It's not typical what you would typically consider Christian rock, but definitely ha- intermixes the rock music with the the religious lyrics, and I think it works well. When I moved to Texas for a few years, I was introduced to K Love, <laughs> which is a radio station. Of I think it might even be here now. You oh yeah, it's at the end of the dial. It was. Uh... 107.5, it went from the end, which was alternative rock station, to I think it's K-Love now. Yeah, and you, a lot of those songs, you know, they're great, upbeat, and, you know, they just typically are laced with lyrics about God and, and Christ and being saved and things like that, which is fine and works. It's not, not my favorite genre of music, but like I said, with Imploding the Mirage, I think you write about, Brandon says you write about what you know. And if the way you express yourself creatively is through music, and that's how you feel you can praise God or worship, then more power to you. Yeah, I, I, don't, I don't know. I, I think it's interesting. I do have a, uh, I'm going to say it's a Brandon story. Now, if I was on a truth machine right now, it's a little fuzzy. But I know for a fact, growing up, 
uh, we've talked about before. Uh, we have a church class that you can take if you want to in, in high school called seminary. And a lot of people would take it just as a free hour. And it was basically uh, to get out of out of school for, for a period. And you could, you know, you could either go, you could pay attention, you could go buy donuts, you could go whatever. But it was just kind of a, a break. And a lot of kids took seminary that might not go to church or, you know, definitely didn't have to be religious. And you just kind of go for a free period. But uh, it was a good, I mean, the teachers always try to be kind of positive. It wasn't like hard tests or anything like that. There was no pressure. It was more of a fellowship of anything of like, you know, it's it's it's, it's hard in high school. Um, we've talked a lot about middle school type things too, but there's, you know, just sometimes it's just kind of tough and there's enough going on with drama and, and things going on in school and, and bullying and whatever big tests and this is going to affect your whole life, which I don't know why we believed any of that, but we did. So it was nice to kind of get away and just go over there and like, zone out or, I don't know, contemplate collab or whatever. <laughs> yeah, it was a good escape. Just a chance to get away from uh, the typical school day and uh, focus on something else. So I have, uh, I know for sure I was in a seminary class with Brandon. Uh, it's one of the few uh, memories that I really have vividly. Uh, I think we went on record as saying um, it's not like I was a best friend or anything. Uh, probably had some interaction. Uh, probably not the guy that should be doing the podcast, but but here we are. Jimmy golf with him. That's why I need Jimmy. That's why when Jimmy says I can do the show without him, not true. Jimmy has the, the Brandon interactions and stories and, and all that. But uh, I remember being in the seminary class, and I think I've talked about it before. Brandon had his own go boingo uh, record, and he was begging the seminary teacher to play it. And uh, I don't know. Well, somehow it was done. I remember listening to Dead Man's Party uh, with Brandon Flowers in seminary, which now, what a, what a what a story to tell, right? <laughs> At the time, it was just kind of weird. But Brother Joe was the name of the... So the, the teachers there would call Brother because it, they weren't really teacher. I mean, they weren't school teachers, so it wasn't like Mr. It was Brother because they were church. And I guess we called him Joe because his first name was Joe. And he recently passed away. And uh, he liked telling these, these dad jokes before dad jokes was the thing. And I had a friend, his last name was Painter. He'd always call him Brushless because he was the Brushless Painter. And he had a million of them. Uh, but... <laughs> Yep, I was McDay and not McKnight. Yeah, so, uh, but it was kind of, he seemed older at the time. He probably wasn't as old as I think he was at the time. I mean, he was obviously still working, so probably in his 50s. And uh, anyway, so I remember uh, hearing if you could hide a collab in his classroom, and we'd probably sing it as an opening hymn uh, when you'd go into the class. It was kind of like a Sunday school class, so you'd sing a song, and they'd give you a little a little uh, lesson and you'd kind of BS or, or shoot the crap for a little bit, then you'd go back to, to school. For lack of a better thing, that's kind of how it went down. Like, it was just kind of, you'd go there, and you'd kind of just unwind for the for, for an hour, kind of relax, uh, talk a little bit about Jesus, and go back to go back to school. So I do remember uh, singing this If You Could Hide a Colop song, and I'm pretty sure Brandon was in the class, and uh, it would just make sense in my mind because of the other years and the other teachers I had, and then I wasn't around like Brandon moved, so not that far after when this would have happened. So I don't know if this has any implication whatsoever into this song, but in my head it does. Um, but so Brother Joe, I remember we were like, that's a weird song. Like, you know, what's that, you know, what's that all about? And he took the time to break it down a little bit with us. And, and if you go through the lyrics, you know, it's like about eternal progression. Um, and if you compare that to the song that Brandon sings with it, there's kind of, it kind of overlays some of the same themes 
as far as like, you know, you can progress, there's no death above, you know, there's just, it's kind of a beautiful song. And I remember Brother Joe saying, you know, how much he loves this song. It's one of his favorite songs, and uh, he'd like that to be sung at his funeral. So uh, since uh, we've started this podcast, and since I've probably told that first story, uh, Brother Joe's passed away. I didn't go to his funeral. Uh, we've kind of done a little research online, but I don't know if it was if it was sing there or not. I don't know if that had any meaning or implications to Brandon or not, but it's a branded flower story about seminary, Brother Joe, and High End Colob. And you're not going to hear that on any other podcast. I can guarantee you that. And I don't know, for, for me, there's a few spots in the song, you know, talking about judgment, talking about heart, talking about if God is real or not. I think you can contrast over to the to the uh, hymn uh, as far as, I mean, if you could talk to God, is he real? If you could, and you could do it really fast, kind of what would happen? How would that go down? Uh, and then it goes on to, you know, there's no end, there's no death, there's no end to love, there's no end to death. And he's talking about these kids that, that he's raised, he's talking about, you know, if there is a judgment, uh, God will know his heart, he'll he'll know there's no, it doesn't just end when you die, I guess, is kind of the, the idea behind it, that's kind of a, a beautiful thing, uh, both in the song and uh, I think in the religion is an ideal that, you know, after this life, well, we'll continue on and there's, there's progress to be made and there's a continuation of some things, so uh, nothing set in stone, and uh, I don't know, I, I like that idea. And if you go back to, uh, I know you and, and Chappie were talking about it in uh, Lightning Fields. Um, there's kind of a Kolob-esque <laughs> uh, lyrics there to where uh, where Katie Lang is singing. I think there's like no end to me, no end to us, no end to you, something like that. There's no end to love, there's no end to truth, there's no end to me, there's no end to you. And so if you were to go over and look at the, if you could hide a Kolob lyrics, is that what we call them? Are they lyrics in the hymnal? I don't know. To the words to that, that song... Yeah, so, I mean, there's there's no end to truth, there's no end to love, there's no death above. I'm not going to sing it all here for you, but uh, if you go through and look at that and just kind of look at, like, uh, Imploding the Mirage or, or this song, you get a contrast of, uh, there's a lot of similarities in there. Uh, the story being told might be quite different, but in a way it kind of all ties together, which I think is how much Brandon planned that out and how much is that it's just what he feels or thought or... I don't know, but it was kind of an interesting mix. Uh, a lot of people, I think, when Lightning Fields came out, were kind of wondering the same thing of, like, is this a, a hymn being snuck in here for people? Is Katie Lang singing some Mormon hymn? And it was kind of like, if you knew, you knew, kind of an inside thing. And here, it's it's more obvious, but it's, it's uh, the contrast of, okay, is this, like, showing the, the polar opposites of the spiritual high song of only the faithful would be singing versus this guy's life is so not that and uh yeah but the contrast or is it or does it fit together i don't know it's uh it's yet another piece of the deluxe version puzzle jimmy uh, when he talks about the judgment and how god will know his heart i think typically in a religious setting you think about the judgment uh, you, you think in terms of the final judgment where um you know you're either sent to heaven or hell and i think the protagonist in West Hills, his perspective is more along the lines of, you know, it's it's not so easy to say that I'm a bad person just because I did some bad things. And there's more of a, a hope that there's an eternal progression ability to, to be judged for, for your good intentions. You know, he loved the boy and raised him like his own son, which is a Christ-like thing to do. Yeah, so that's where it gets, gets kind of gets into the, if you could hide a collab lyrics where it talks about all the things there's no end to, including eternal progression and being able to continue to to try to become like God or whatever 
whatever the goal is of your religious experience. Yeah, here in uh, here in Kolob it says uh, improvement and progression have one eternal ra- round. So I think that's kind of the same as like he knows my heart, he knows what I'm trying to do. Kind of ties in there. Well, Jimmy, that's probably the deepest dive that we will ever take. And with that being said, Jimmy, that's the deluxe version down and an episode from Lonely Town.